0: All right, that was my fault. Well, hey, thank you guys for being at Chi Alpha tonight. Uh, we, uh, we love that you're here. If you've never been here before, uh, we'd like to welcome you and just uh, tell you that we want you to feel part of the Chi Alpha family, and, uh, and, and we love hanging out together, uh, and uh, we love worshiping Jesus together, and so thanks for joining us uh, for that tonight. My name is Steve, and this is my wife, Erin. And, uh, and tonight is not like a normal Chi Alpha night. Uh, we, we don't always talk about what we're talking about tonight. Tonight we are branching into our uh, two-week, well, last week you kind of started it, but our two-week series on, uh, on love, dating, and relationships. So uh, here's the deal. Ground rules, just real quick. Uh, actually, there's no ground rules. But uh, the, the reason we talk about this uh, is not so that Chi Alpha becomes a dating service. That's not why we're here tonight, all right? So don't feel awkward about, don't like, don't like think that you can't make eye contact with anybody in the room, all right? Uh, some of you are like, don't look at the girl, don't look at the girl, don't look at the girl. She'll know I like her. All right, don't Don't uh, don't worry about that. We want to take the nerves away from tonight. Uh, but let's be honest, this is on our minds, right? How many people in here... Uh, say that it would be, you know, it would be nice to be married someday. Anybody? All right. Uh, Now, now look around. Raise up your hands. Look up around. All right. Now, everybody look around. All right. Uh, If someone's not raising your hand, you can cross them probably off your list. All right. Um, okay. (laughs) Not worth, not worth the shutdown. You know what I'm saying? All right. And this is on our minds, right? Probably most, most likely this decision of who you will spend the rest of your life with is probably going to get made for most of you sometime in the next five to seven years, all right? Which is kind of crazy to think about. But there are really three of the most important decisions in your life is uh, really who, if you're going to follow Jesus, right, is number one. What Jesus is going to call you to do is number two. And then, really, who Jesus or who you know God would maybe have you marry is is a giant decision in your life. And the reality is is that our uh, society is very bad at giving advice about dating and relationships. Can we all agree with that? All right. So the advice you get from the from the rom coms or from the sitcoms or from the uh, whatever else the the chick flicks, you name it, whatever it is, right? The advice you get from that as to how to date probably is not good. Alright? And I got news for you ladies, there's not a guy in the world that exists like that guy in that romantic whatever movie that we call it, chick or whatever it is, okay? Sorry to burst the bubble. Uh well yeah. I mean I, am I am I close? <laughs> she has no comment. All right. Well, anyways, you have anything to add to that? I
1: can't compare you to something fake,
0: Steve. Oh! Yeah. Wow. Yes. Good. <laughs> good, good. answer. It's like Family Feud. Good answer. Ladies, good put answer. that in your back pocket. All right. All right. So before you check out tonight, we want you to know that uh, uh, that what we're about to share with you probably isn't like the uh, like the most popular. Opinion in like in the world today But what we're going to look at is what the bible has to say about dating Now I know what some of you are thinking steve i've read the bible. It doesn't talk about dating I actually disagree with you. The bible talks a lot about healthy Relationships and the beautiful thing about the word of god is that no matter what time period we are living in No matter what our culture is this thing is contextualized for us, it can apply to our lives, and so what we're going to do is we're, we have this thing that our society and culture calls dating, and we believe that the Bible has instruction for how to do that in a godly, God-honoring way, amen? And the Bible has a lot to say about healthy relationships with Aaron, which Aaron started talking about last week, and so that's kind of what we're going to look at. Because uh, the Bible talks a lot about killing selfishness in your life. And the reality is, is that almost every single marital problem, almost every single relationship problem, really comes from us just being selfish. Yeah. And so if we can learn what Jesus says, what the Scripture says about relationships, I guarantee things are going to go better. Uh, so go ahead, Aaron. You can. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So tonight we're going to start in the book of 1 Corinthians, and we're going to start in chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. And I'll read it out loud and also be on the screen. You
0: know that passage that gets read at like every wedding? (laughs) Yeah, that's what we're going for. Okay, Okay, there you go. So it
1: says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. Now, that is an incredible verse. And I think that is where we're starting off tonight, with the first, like, actual, real definition of love. Because we often look to our world and what our culture says love is supposed to look like, but I'm guaranteeing that our culture doesn't say that that's the definition of love. We define love as, like, especially in romantic relationships, is what makes me feel good and how that person makes me feel. But God says that love is patient and it's kind. It isn't self-seeking. It protects people. And that's not at all what our culture says love is.
0: Okay, so this is what we're going to look at. And this is kind of our approach for tonight uh, is kind of uh, six questions. We want to give you guys six questions that you can ask yourself before you even think about dating. All right. And uh, and this is really about self-analysis, all right. So if you're in that stage, if you just broke up with someone, you're like, I just need to concentrate on me right now. If that's you, this is perfect for you, all right? So we're going to we're gonna do some self-analysis tonight. If you are in a relationship currently, these are great questions to still ask yourself and say, where do I where do I fall on these things, or where where do I stand on some of these things? And even if you're here tonight and you say, Steve. I don't really have a relationship with Jesus. I just kind of came to this thing because someone invited me to it, and I thought, oh, dating relationships? Yeah, I'm into that. Let's go. Uh, I believe, again, I, bl- I want you to be encouraged tonight that maybe, just maybe, you're going to find that, that uh, the teachings of Jesus and the things that the Bible have to say might be of some incredible value to you and uh, it might apply to your life in a pretty, pretty radically awesome way. And that a relationship with him uh, might be incredibly worth it. So let's, let's, uh, let's go for it. First question.
1: All right. The first question is, do I understand Jesus' love for me? So do we understand what it actually means to be loved by Jesus? And th- loved by, being loved by Jesus is what that first Corinthians is talking about, that God protects us. He trusts us. He honors us. He's not self-seeking. And that's where like the definition of love comes from. And that's what it means to be loved by Jesus. And in 1 John 4.19, it says that we love because he first loved us. So the love that we can have for other people is because he first loves us in that way that I just talked about. So we get to redefine what love actually looks like. But that starts with understanding what it means to be loved by God. In 1 John 4, 8, says that God is love. So acting on loving is outside of God's character. And when we understand that, it's, like, incredible to be able to, to like, see modeled for us through God what love is supposed to look like in our everyday life.
0: Yeah, so if, if we haven't, we need to start with some sort of baseline, right? And if we have not allowed Jesus to show us what real love is, then we will settle for what we think love is. I'm going to say that again. If we do not let Jesus show us what real love is, we will settle for what we think love is. And the world is going, is very quick to tell you what love is. Movies, culture, music, rappers are very quick to tell you what love is. And I got news for you, it is, has nothing to do with what Jesus says love is. And Jesus's love is so much deeper, so much richer. In fact, the Bible says that in order to understand the love of God, we actually need the power of God to understand how deep his love is for us. This is something that we could uncover a layer of every single day of our lives for the rest of our lives, and we still would not understand how deep the Father's love is for every single one of us. So how does this apply to us? Here's what's so awesome about Aaron. This is my favorite thing about Aaron, all right? My favorite thing about Aaron is that she loves Jesus and that she has a relationship with Jesus and that she spends daily time with Jesus, Because I know that tomorrow, Aaron is going to love Jesus more tomorrow than she does today. And not to, like, sound super selfish, but I get to reap some of the benefits of that, right? And next week, she's going to love Jesus more next week than she did this week. Next month than she did this month. Next year than she did this year. And so here's a little secret for you. You guys want to know how to keep, like, a marriage fresh, and the romance alive, right? Love Jesus. I know it sounds like I know it sounds like maybe cliché, but the reality is is that as I fall more in love with Jesus, I fall more in love with Aaron. Because I get to essentially I understand what godly love is all about and I get to reflect that to my bride. And so this is, this is so important. It is the root of everything else we're going to tell you tonight and next week. And, uh, yeah, because I'll be honest with you, uh, I can kind of be, be a selfish jerk sometimes, right? And, uh, and there are some times when Aaron just says, I think you need to go spend time with Jesus. <laughs> Translation, <laughs> like, like, well, okay, never mind. So uh, you said that before, haven't you? <laughs> she has but that's okay like she did it in love so okay number two derailing go ahead Erin. <laughs>
1: all right number two is is my self-worth in christ or is it in the person i'm pursuing and that ties back to knowing what god's love in our life looks like so are we finding our self-worth in him or are we finding our self-worth in the idea of having a relationship in the idea of feeling good about the way we look because somebody likes us or feeling financially secure because the person that we like is really good with finances and we're not, or this idea of the security that marriage or a relationship would bring in your life, um, are we in love with that idea, or is our self-worth in Jesus Christ alone? Because Jesus Christ doesn't change, Mm -hmm. but the people that we're around changes, and our our feelings of security changes with circumstances, but if our self-image and And how we identify ourselves is found in Jesus Christ. We'll always have a firm foundation for that.
0: So ask yourself, uh, if you you ask yourself and you say that I need a relationship right now. Some of us have been there, right? Like, I just need a boyfriend. I just need a girlfriend. If you need a relationship, you're probably not ready to be in a relationship. Now, if you want a relationship, like, yeah, that would be nice but I'm good flying solo, right? If you just want a relationship, you're probably your heart's probably in the right spot. But see, when our self-worth is in a relationship or in the person we're dating, the person we're dating or the person we're pursuing or the relationship itself becomes an idol in our lives. Yeah. And when that happens, it becomes impossible or very difficult, also very difficult to honor God in that relationship. Because we will essentially associate being alone with failure. And when we finally get into a relationship and someone decides to date us, there will never be enough that we can grab from that person. You see, if my self-worth is in an individual, I'm going to naturally be selfish. And I'm going to say, ooh, I want this. I want more of your time. I want more of your, uh, I want more physical connection with you. I want more of your attention and the next thing you know you're in a unhealthy controlling situation because you're looking for that person to fill something in your heart that Jesus says no 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 I want you to be a complete person by yourself this is where control issues come into dating right if you're if you're in a relationship and you're constantly worried about Who's that person texting? Who are they calling? Why aren't we spending enough time together? Well, I, I would, lo- I would just, I need more of your attention. I, I, I gotta check who you're, who you're direct messaging, and all this other stuff. It's probably a sign that you're idolizing that other person because something in you is insecure. That Jesus wants to say, man, I want to bring that underneath my lordship, and I want to, I want to make you feel secure in who you are in me. Make sense? So is my self worth in Christ, or is it in the person I am pursuing? Oh, can I can I just share one more thing? Okay, so uh, before I met Aaron, I had a really hard time with this. Okay, so this is uh, this is a, a story from my senior year of college. I was a fifth year senior. Uh, I call it my victory lap. All right, and uh, I was a fifth year senior at North Dakota State University, and. I had this, like, I had two goals in college. Graduate on time and be married before I graduated. <laughs> and I wasn't graduating on time because I had changed my major and added a double major, whatever. And so I was like, okay, I didn't achieve that goal. I'm going to achieve the other one, all right? And I went into my senior year, and it was like I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have ever admitted this at the time, but I was like bent on getting in a relationship and finding a girl and at least being like ready to be engaged before I graduated, and uh, uh, yeah, it just didn't go well. All right, the Lord, uh, the Lord was pretty merciful to me. I had like five girls turn me down on dates that year, and uh, I finally went out. And finally, someone said yes to me. I was like, Woo-hoo! right, I'm still in the game. And, like, I went on, like, one date with this individual, and and I'll never forget, it was like the Lord just, I was praying one night, and it was like the Lord just impressed upon my heart and said, Steve, like, what are you doing? And it was in that moment, I can't really explain it exactly, but it was just as if the Lord just impressed upon my heart, like, Steve, let go. Chill out. Go take a cold shower, right? And just, like, be okay, with the fact that I got this under control. And it was as if the Lord just said, Steve, just chill out until after April. I was like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. I graduate on May 12th. What is going on here? Like, this is bad. Like, this is not in line with my plan, right? I have 12 days, God. If I listen to you, I got 12 days to find someone to marry me, all right? And uh, I was like, okay, I trust that you know better just that you know better and uh and it was no joke it was uh it's gonna sound funny but it was literally six days after I graduated from college I sat across the table at a wedding from the most beautiful thing I'd ever laid my eyes on and uh and I got to I got to say hello to this incredible young lady and uh and as they say, the rest is history, all right? But I realized that in that season, man, I was not secure in Christ. I just wasn't. There was, there was some piece of me that said, no, no, in order for me to find value in Steve, Steve needs to follow this plan. And I am so thankful that those five girls said no. I'm so thankful that I didn't continue to pursue that other lady, I don't remember how many it was. I don't think it was five. That might have been an exaggeration. I yeah. hope that was an exaggeration. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyways, there you go. Go ahead, Erin.
1: I'm just glad they turned you down. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so question number three to ask yourself is: instead of looking for the right one, am I becoming the right one? So who? You don't say, have. Say that
0: again. Say that again. That instead good. Of oh yeah, it's on the board too. Okay. Looking
1: for the right one, am I becoming the right one? So oftentimes, I guess maybe this was just me, but when I was little, I like made this list of what I was looking for in a man. And sometimes, and it, that that's great if you and made I that. And I
0: have them all. But I so had like this
1: friend that was like, "I want a man that <laughs> no, is six foot four, blonde hair, blue eyes." Never blah mind. Blah blah blah. I don't
0: have all that stuff.
1: No, this was a friend, not me. Oh, okay. So, but I just remember <laughs> thinking like, there is one person we both know that looks that way, and I don't think that's gonna work out. So, but, like, sometimes yeah, we get it's way Sawyer too Rickman specific. and he's
0: already taken, so. Uh.
1: <laughs> sometimes we get way too specific with those things, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, a list of character qualities that you would want to marry someday. Hmm. Because looks can change, but character is slow to change. And who you marry is usually how people stay. And so you don't marry somebody just for their looks. Like, that's a bonus. But you marry them because they have good character. So are you, but with that list that you're making, are you somebody that that person would want to go out with? Hmm. Are you becoming a person that the person you're looking for is looking for? And I know that's kind of a tongue twister, but it's a good question to ask ourselves because we could make a list all day of what our perfect husband or perfect wife would be like. But are we somebody that that person would go
0: for? That's good. Yeah. I always tell people make sure that the greatest gift you give your spouse Is the person that you are Make sure that the greatest gift you give your spouse Is the character That you have developed in your own life as a result of a relationship with jesus christ That is the greatest thing that you will ever give your spouse and uh Yeah um You go ahead. Let's go to number four.
1: Okay. The fourth question is, am I looking for a healthy person in a healthy place? The odds of finding a diamond in the rough are rare. They're slim. And that that means like finding something really good in a pile of manure.
0: Wow. (laughs) So sometimes
1: our focus gets (laughs) off and we get really, really desperate because our our self-confidence and who we are is found in the person that we are dreaming about being with. And we get, like, super desperate, and we just start, like, throwing darts blindfolded at a board and hoping we make it. And we start, like, we just get off in maybe what our character quality list is and all that stuff because we're just desperate. And we look for the person that we're, like, dreaming of becoming or, like, being with in a place that they would never be found. And it doesn't really make sense when we think about it that way. But I've been there before in my own life when I'm thinking, like, I just, like, so I, uh, there was this season of my life that I really felt like um, I was obsessed with the idea of a relationship, and I was just going for whoever would ask me out. Like I would like just entertain that thought, and it was never good people. Like people that I would have said were like the character qualities that I'd want in a future spouse. And I really felt like God was telling me, Aaron, you need to take a break for a year and just not even think about guys. I was like, that is a long time. But I agreed to it, and – it was, like, c- becoming the end of that year, and I was like, well, there's no one that I could imagine dating. And my twin sister got in a relationship with this incredible guy, and I remember thinking, there's no other good guys out there. <laughs> like, I'm going to be stuck single for We're the rest of my gone. life. <laughs> and anybody, was
0: anybody else feel that way? All right, like two of you. <laughs> Kirk, you're married, all right? So all right, it
1: was seven days after that year had finished that I met Steven which was really cool, but I realized like through all of that that my trust was off, and if I got desperate, I would have just like broken my rule with God and just went and looked everywhere because I just didn't see anything in like the playing field that I like currently saw, but I met Steve out of the blue through mutual friends and in a good healthy place, and so I just want everyone to pull out their phones real quick. And I might be like the most hated bro, bro. person in this room after this, but I don't really care. Because my self confidence is in Christ. So just pull out your phones. I just see a lot of people without their phones. And I want you to look through pull your apps. Out. And if you have Tinder on your phone or another hookup app, I'm going to ask you to think, actually, just delete it. And I'm going to be very hated, but please hear me out. Tinder is a hookup app.
0: Everybody's like hiding their phones. No, not me. <laughs> not me. I, uh. Not me. And
1: I want, I'm going to sound.
0: (laughs) It's like in a subcategory of a subcategory of a (laughs) subcategory. Anyways.
1: Okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to sound like your mom right now, and you never appreciate your mom's advice until your life goes wrong and you realize she was right. (laughs) And so (laughs) I'm just going to ask you, if you have a character quality list of a guy or a girl that you're looking for that includes, like, loves Jesus... I, I mean, there are obviously good people on Tinder because if you guys are on Tinder and you're in this room, I'm trusting you're a good person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: No, they no are not.
1: I like yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, but the odds of finding that perfect person with the character qualities that is going to love you and protect you and be not self-seeking on a place where you're, like, making your decisions off of how they look is slim to none. You might, but think of the people you also might meet. But look around you. Think of the people you could meet here. Or the people <laughs> that you could meet in your classes.
0: So, so someone was like, oh. <laughs>
1: Sometimes we get tracked into this little mindset because of how our culture is that that's the only way to meet somebody. When in fact we pass by people every single day in a really healthy and safe environments where we could meet them there. And so, not as your mom, but kind of as your chi alpha mom, please be safe yeah. and look in a healthy place.
0: That's good. That's good. Yeah, w- just uh, you know, uh, stack stack the deck in your favor, guys. You know, and uh, and that just the the odds of. Uh uh, the odds of probably finding someone that is worthy of spending the next 80 years of your life with on something like that, it just might not, uh, it, it, the odds just might not be in your favor. Uh, especially when Jesse Aronson is in the room and he's single. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's <laughs> like, you know, anyways. And he's hiding at the table now. So, uh, <laughs> alright, Anyways. I, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. All right. I think I think I give you a shout-out every year, bro. And uh, <laughs> not, no, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. I, I love you. I love you. That's why I give you, because sh- I'm your bro. I'm your bro. All right, question,
1: <laughs> <Alright, so>, uh, <laughs> question number five. All right, number
0: five. All right, so anyways. All right, question number five. Uh, is uh, maybe the most, the most uh, saucy question. Am I actively pursuing sexual purity in my life? Am I act- actively pursuing sexual purity in my life? This verse that we just read says that love does not, not dishonor, it does not delight in evil, it always protects, and it is not self-seeking. Now, uh, before you check out and say, oh, here comes the like pastor church sex talk on why we shouldn't have any fun and blah, 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 blah. I do not want this to sound condemning. I, our heart is not to to condemn, maybe if you've had uh, a, a colorful past in this area, our heart is not to be uh, old-fashioned. But we're serious about this because we believe that uh, that God is the inventor of sex and that he knows how it best works because he invented it. And that he loves it when we enjoy it the way he wanted us to enjoy it. And just like anything good that God created, the devil loves to take it, twist it, and use it as a weapon to hurt us and and damage our lives. So before you just check out and say, oh, this is old-fashioned, this is the part where I can just kind of like check out, uh... I want to just challenge you to think about the fact that I think the way our world is handling sex right now is maybe not the best way. And let me just show you as an example. Raise your hand. We're just going to do a quick poll in here. Raise your hand if you know someone in your life that has been hurt by sex in some way. Raise your hand and raise it up high. You know someone who's been hurt by sex. Just raise it up. Leave it up. Look around the room. I see 100%, maybe a few of you are sleeping, but uh, I see almost 100% hands raised. So what does that tell me? It tells me that maybe there just might be a better way to do this. And if we look to Scripture and we say, what is God's plan for sex? If He created it and He knows what's best, let's look to Him as to how He says to handle this. And God says that sex is best enjoyed within the commitment of marriage and uh, go ahead
1: see we have a culture right now of casual sex and that culture tells us that we can do that with no strings attached but anyone I guarantee that has been hurt by sex knows that that's not true that you can't just have sex with no strings attached our culture says that love has nothing to do with it and it's purely physical but you know God did not create it to be purely physical. God actually created sex in the beginning before the fall of man, before sin entered the world. And if he created it, and he loves us, and he protects us, and he cherishes us, and he's not self-seeking, I trust that he knows how it works best. Mm -hmm. And he created it to be in a commitment relationship of marriage. And I trust that that's the way that it works best. And sometimes, we don't like to trust somebody when we don't understand. H- has anyone ever read the directions on a hair dryer? You, d- you don't need to. Well, on the directions, there's a warning label on hair dryers that say, "Please do not use while in a bathtub." And I think that's I like d- a. I don't r- think
0: they say please. I think they like just do say not use. Know, like do not use. Do not use. You, like, like risk electrocution if you're,
1: (laughs) so I just wonder, like, who was the first person? Because they probably wrote that for a reason. I was like, I'm just going to draw a bath, but I would love to blow dry my hair while in here. (laughs) And that's not going to be good. So sometimes we treat God like that, though. Like, he gives us this warning label on this thing that he's created, a hair dryer, for example. And we are like, no, no. I want to use this hair dryer in the bathtub and you're not going to stop me and then we suffer the consequences of using it out of the place that is normally supposed to be used and I know that's a crazy example but we do this with sex and God has put this big warning label on it like this is an incredible thing to enjoy while you're in a commitment relationship of marriage but we're like no that's no fun that's inconvenient that's not what our culture is doing. I have a ton of friends that are using their hair dryers in the bathtub, and they're fine. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we use it like that, and we don't understand why everyone is hurting hmm. and why, like, this is such a painful and hurtful thing. And we d- but we have to go back to the creator of it and ask what it was intended for and trust that he knew.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it comes down to whether or not we believe God's good. And that he's not a cosmic killjoy just up there like waiting to just rob us of some sort of joy or experience. But that he truly is what he says he is. And that is that he is a God who works all things together for the good of those who love him. And that he has a good, pleasing, and perfect will for us. And the reality is, is just let me let me give you some things. And, and I, I want you to know that is if you again, if you have a colorful past in this area, we want you to know that God has a fresh start for you tonight. He wants to forgive you of that, and he wants to say, hey, let's get a fresh start, and let's start you on a new path and a new journey in this area. And, uh, and so there's healing and there's restoration. But I want to also tell you that, that the, the longer we go down that path, the more baggage we build up that we're going to someday carry into a marriage relationship with us. And we owe it to our future spouse, right? If, if really the greatest gift that we can give our future spouse is the character of who we are, we owe it to our future spouse to say, I'm going to I'm get these things straightened out so I don't carry baggage into this relationship. And this doesn't just go for, like, physical sex with another person. I'm going to challenge all of us to think about the things that we look at when we're on the Internet and what we scroll through and we're looking at Instagram or we're on Snapchat or whatever it is, that we would say, man, if, if," and I just want I want to challenge you guys to think about this because it's so important. Marriage psychologists and counselors are seeing time and time again that pornography is incredibly negatively affecting people's marriages. Because if we look at porn, and we come into a, a, a marriage relationship, we will have pieced together the perfect man or the perfect woman in our brain that our spouse will never probably be able to live up to physically. And even if they do now. Right. Like, oh, Steve, you, you don't know. Right. Like I'm I, the person I'm going after does. Right. But if you that might be your thoughts now, but someday they're not going to look that way. There's gonna be skin flapping in places that you don't want it to flap, right? That's gross. I shouldn't have said that. All right. <laughs> Why do I say things like this? Okay. So, listen. you're if you come in with unrealistic expectations, imagine, imagine what it would feel like. Imagine what it would feel like if you looked at your spouse someday. Picture this in your brain. You looked at you look at your spouse someday, and you say hey, great sex last night, but I found something on the internet that looks better than you. Can you imagine hearing that from your spouse? I can't, man, I can't even imagine that. But that is what we, that's the baggage we bring in. And I want to challenge all of you to get the virtual girls or guys out of your life before you put a real one in. And the reality is, is that if you can't say no now, you won't be able to say no later. One of the number one lies I hear from guys is that, yeah, I'm right now I'm just really struggling with this porn addiction. But but I I just I know that once I get married and once I can have sex with my wife, this is going to go away. And it doesn't. If you can't say no now, you won't be able to say no later. And the reality is, is if you've never told yourself no now to sex, what, what, we sometimes think that somehow like this, like this sex drive is just going to, the way that our sex drive rules our lives just is going to like switch. And the reality is, is that if we can't say no now, we're probably not going to be able to say no to the lady at the water cooler at work who's flirting with us. Who just got out of a relationship and is emotionally scarred and is looking to fill a piece in her heart that, that that she has insecurities in, and she starts talking to us and blah blah blah. And the next thing you know, we're doing something with that individual that we swore we would never do. Not a single person ever, ever has ever stood up and given their vows on their wedding day knowing full well that, man, someday I'm going to cheat on this person in front of me. But there's so many relationships that end that way because people have never trained their flesh how to say no. And I just want to say one more thing on this, and then we'll move on. If you can't say no now, you'll never be able to say yes later either. And what I mean by that is that when we approach sex selfishly now, we will approach sex in marriage selfishly as well. And sex is best enjoyed when you enter it selflessly and you look to serve the other person sexually. And sorry if that's getting a little too personal, but the reality is, is it is true. And if you learn to be selfless with your sex life now and say, God, I want what you want, And I'm going to put another person, I'm going to put my future spouse's needs above my own. Your future spouse is thanking you because they will have a much more enjoyable sex life someday. It got really quiet in here, so let's move to point six. Go ahead.
1: Our last point or question
0: is. Hey, we love you guys. We want you to know that. And if you have any questions about this, please come talk to us. We're very approachable about these things, and we won't embarrass you or anything like that. Go ahead.
1: So if I have hurt in my life, have I given God time and permission to heal me? And this ties in with what I spoke about last week with getting over bitterness and f- and forgiving people in our lives. But have we given God time and permission to heal us if we've been hurt? Sometimes we need to admit is like the first step that we've been hurt. Because sometimes when you get hurt, you just try to be strong and say this wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Like, it's not bad. And you just try to get over it and you've never gone through the admitting process that this was hurtful. And have you with God worked through that and admitted to him that you've been hurt and allowed him to to heal you?
0: Yeah, I think I think some people just kind of give up uh, on ever being able to be loved the way Jesus loves people or have a have a have a boyfriend or girlfriend or a, a, a spouse that uh, that actually is going to put their needs above their own. And the reality is, is that does and can exist. And uh, and if we live our lives with such low expectations because we've been hurt so many times, it sets ourselves up for failure. And I want you to know tonight is that God wants to bring healing to you in this area. He, Like I said before, He wants to give you a fresh start. And He wants to say, hey, I forgive your past, I don't want that to define you. I want to heal that hurt. I want to help heal that addiction that's in your life sexually. And we're going to turn over a new leaf and we're moving forward tonight. I really do believe that. Some of you have been carrying around a lot of bitterness. And Erin talked about this last week when she talked about conflict and bitterness. But some some of you are carrying around a lot of hurt and a lot of bitterness because of past hurt in some of these areas, and I just want you to know that God wants to bring healing to those things. Some of you are carrying around a lot of shame. In fact, as we're sharing about this, I believe that some of you are listening to lies that are not from God. They're from the enemy. They're saying, oh, see, you screwed up. You're just a screw up, and that he's heaping shame and guilt on you right now, and God wants to come in, wrap his arms around you, and say, that is not who you are that is not who I've said you are, that is not who I created you to be. I've given you a new identity in Jesus, and we're moving forward together. Amen? I want to close with a story, and the worship team can come back up. And uh, and uh, uh, this is a story of my friend Kay, and I've, I've shared this before, and, and I want you to know that some of you have heard some of this love, dating, and relationship stuff multiple times. There's a reason we talk about it every single year in Chi Alpha is because uh, every single year in Chi Alpha, we, we, we believe that this is, this is that important, right? We want you guys to be married to godly spouses and, uh, and in healthy marriage relationships someday. And so this is why we talk about it. But, but I want I wanna, I wanna to close with a, a story of my friend Kay. Kay, uh, when she was in college, um, had something incredibly terrible happen to her. Kay was, uh, Kay was raped, and when Kay got raped, she, uh, and Kay was the wife of my campus pastor. So uh, it would be uh, Pastor Brad. It would be his wife. And um, when Kay got raped, she contracted a sexually transmitted disease, uh, that was kind of like a life-altering one. Uh, it required her to uh, go to the doctors, go to a gynecologist every single, like almost every single month of her entire life. And, uh, uh, and she had stored up in her heart so much bitterness and so much hurt against men and against relationships and against all this stuff. And she was, uh, she was at church one day and people were talking about forgiveness and healing, and and uh, later that later that week she was talking with one of the pastors at her church, and the topic came up of of some stuff from her past, and the the pastor at her church said, "Kay, I really think you need to forgive this guy that did this to you." And she essentially started yelling at him and said, "Absolutely no way! There's absolutely no way I'm gonna." F- forgive this guy and she had some like a little bit vulgar things to say about that uh, and if she were here today she would tell you what she said uh, she's a fireball but uh, she she said absolutely no way there's absolutely absolutely no way I would ever be able to forgive that person. and then he said well can you at least do this can you at least pray and ask God for strength to maybe forgive him someday she said well maybe I can do that and so she prayed that prayer and she prayed it again and pretty soon she felt like she had the courage to at least utter the words that i forgive this person who did this for, to me and kay made that decision forgave this guy and later that week after she had made that decision there was a service going on at her church and she walked up and she she uh, came forward for prayer that night and she prayed again and said god I." I, I really forgive this individual. And she essentially felt like she meant it for the first time. She was finally able to let go of that. And someone came up to her, and they were going to pray for, for her. And when they laid hands on her, the power of God touched her body. And Kay laid in the presence of God. And when she woke up, something was very different. And God had completely and entirely healed the std that she had contracted from getting raped and that evening or later it was months later she got a call from her doctor and said kay where have did you move where have you been she goes no i still live here in fargo she said oh my gosh why have you not been in to see me you need to get in here like we need to take care of some of these things and blah 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 and she says no no, no god healed me She said, absolutely no way did God heal you. You have to get into my office. She said, no, God healed me. She goes, well, if God healed you, I want to see it. And so she came into into her office, and, uh, and that day, no joke, the doctor looked at her and said, I have never seen anything like this. She said, I have no way of explaining what happened. She goes, Kay, not only is your condition completely gone, but your body has been restored completely to the condition of a virgin. And in her medical records to this day, written and signed by her doctor is the word miracle. guys, I don't care what has happened, and I don't care how difficult of a past or how messed up your past is, let Kay's story encourage you that God wants to bring healing to your life and to your heart. And he wants to set you on a new path. He wants to make you a new creation, and he wants to set you on a path of becoming a person That will be the greatest gift that your spouse will ever receive. Is you and who Jesus made you to be. And so I don't care if you say, well, Steve, the ship sailed. God says, no, no, no. No, there's a fresh start for you. And there might be some things that can never physically be undone, but there are some things that spiritually, and emotionally are going to get a reset tonight if you say, Jesus, I'm going to give this and you're my future to you. Amen. Let's just bow our heads as we close. If you're here tonight and you need healing from your past in the area of relationships, maybe you've tried to define love yourself yourself. Maybe you've been looking for self-worth in someone else. Maybe you've been Maybe you've been looking for people in the wrong place because of insecurities. Maybe you need healing in that area of sexual purity or Maybe you just have a ton of hurt and tonight you just want to say God, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving you my hurt. I'm giving you my insecurities and I'm going to give you total control and lordship over my future in this area and trust that you know best. If that's you tonight, just as a way of saying, God, that's me. I'm declaring this. I'm making this commitment. Just shoot a hand up. Just say, God, that's me. Yeah, come on. Hands going up all over the place. Amen. Now, also, we're going to pray for that in just a little bit, but I also want to give you the opportunity that if you are here tonight, and you need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. He, you do not have a relationship with Him. Or maybe you had a relationship with Him in the past, and that's long since been over, and you uh, you want st- to restart that tonight, get a fresh start, and you say, I want to I pray and accept Him as my Lord and Savior. If you just raise your hand and also just raise up your head and look at me, is that for anybody? Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome. Cool. Okay, if you raise your hand to that question, I'm going to ask that you would pray this prayer in your own heart. Dear Heavenly Father, I realize that I have sinned and that my sin has separated me from you. But tonight, I'm accepting what you did for me through dying on a cross and forgiving me of my sins and giving me a new identity. I repent of my old ways, and I ask for strength to live for you for the rest of my life. If you made that decision, we would love to chat with you afterwards. Get to know you. But if you raise your hand to that first question, I want to pray over all of you like this. God, I pray for healing. I pray for forgiveness. I pray that that you would take away shame and guilt of people's past, that they would not be identified by their past relational decisions or be identified by the things that have happened to them. But God, that you'd give them a new identity, a new confidence in who you say that they are, that you'd bring healing to hurt in Jesus' name. I pray that people in this room would find their identity in you and not who they are dating or not dating. And God, I pray that we would all pursue your plan, your good, pleasing, and perfect will for our lives. And God, if that involves doing things that maybe don't make sense to us or maybe aren't what we would say are immediately gratifying, I pray that we would make you the Lord of those things. And God, I pray that people would not walk out of here tonight without maybe at least praying that prayer to pray for strength to forgive those individuals or maybe being bold enough to pray to forgive those people that maybe hurt them in Jesus name amen we're available for prayer in the back we're going to just take the next few moments I know we went long tonight but we want to give the Lord a chance to just kind of do some uh, some heart work on us tonight so if you would uh As we worship, if you just would allow the Lord to do that. And if you need prayer for anything at all, uh, we're available in the back to pray.